you want an insight into the minds of the industry professionals, then there's only one place to be. One place to be. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, we spoke to Tamara TK Kramer. I think I pronounced that correct. She is the owner of Studio 68, which is a dance studio based in London. In this episode, we talk about how she started as a dancer and how she opened the studio. We talk about the struggles of opening a studio. We talk about her responsibility of running a dance studio. And we also talk about her other aspirations, like how she became Jason Derulo's tour manager. We also discuss how she feels about another dance studio opening. Did it hinder her business or does it help? There's only one way to find out. Here is TK. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Very good. How's your day? You just said it's a good day. It's a good day, especially when the sun goes out. The sun is out. <laughs> We're today. very lucky in London today. It's this doesn't sunny, happen. It's a sunny day in London. We've got shorts and no sleeves I and know. hats. I mean, I'm on. lucky. I'm not going to burn. Being ginger in the sun doesn't really go. We all well. we all get burned. We all get burned. Um, so, TK, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, well, I Spanish woman or girl coming from Barcelona came to this country a long time ago close to 18 years um, came with a dream just after I lived in the US for three years as a dancer and um, started working in different jobs like everybody else in between jobs and auditions and castings and I was lucky enough to fall and work for a record label uh, for Sony Music for three and a half years. Oh, wow. Work on the A&R department and that's where the dream started to get a little bit more serious. I, I developed artists uh, for, I don't know, maybe it was two years because the first year was a slightly, you know, a little bit more of a trial, but I'm still remembering all the artists like Desiree, Big Brother, Lamar, that got signed. Um, and we were just all working together and it was a really nice experience because I was able to deal with the artists and look after them and also look for new arts on the A&R department and then I work as an artist development choreographer. At that time the labels had decent budgets yeah. to actually let us work on, on the artists, how to move on stage and whatnot. And then I was able to, you know, look for dances for some of the, some of these acts, and it was a it was a tremendous experience. How old were you then? Uh, <laughs> I never talk about my age. I don't no. want people to know. No, and you know why? Because people judge you the wrong way. They do, so, but you look young, so don't worry, you're good. <laughs> I'll keep it. I'm still gonna keep that secret. Anything as, over as 25. And yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. So I just, I was, I was actually quite young, and I, I was lucky enough to fall into it because I just wanted to do something different, not just dance, but get involved as, you know, something more artistic. I wasn't really wanted to be a choreographer. I wanted to just help people to get that stage presence. So this worked out really well. Um, my boss at that time, Lincoln Elias, that worked with um, the guy that was Matt. I think his name was Matt Davison. I forgot his surname, but I think that was, I think that was him. Um, and we just. You know, he believed on me and he liked the whole energy and he said, yeah, I think you're the right person. So I started as an assistant, then artist relations, and then went to the a and then artist development. And then from there, I got given some money to develop a team of dancers to work on the label. And then from there, I kind of left 
and that was a few years after just because there were certain things that didn't go with my character and I wanted to do something more for myself. Yeah. Um, in between I got different jobs working with, with different artists. Some of the artists don't even exist anymore so <laughs> it didn't matter really like Street Symphony, um, there was there was another uh, a group called Unique. It was at the same time as Big Brother, yeah. And then there was an, a guy called Boniface um, that was also in the label. That unfortunately I didn't get too far, but he had really nice American um, sound. And um, then I just started going to you know Pineapple Dance Studios, and you know I met at that time my business partner and my, my, my partner at that time and it was a really nice experience because we started what it was called the Tiki Spin. Yeah, that's a, that's how I remember meeting you. I remember you guys had a class at Pineapple. Yeah, that's right. I think right. it was at like 4 o'clock or It was at like 4 that. o'clock on a Tuesday yeah, night. Yeah, I remember. That was back in 2000. After 2XS, right? Yeah, yeah actually <laughs> we started before XS came in. Yeah. The XS were not but there that's at how that I time. remember because I remember right. moving to London and I would take two XS and then you guys talk right after it. Right, right, right. Yes, because they would they had this slot. I think it was one hour slots we had at that time. It was three to four, and then we started four to five, and then it was like the busy time at Pineapple. But the classes were very busy. I remember at that time there was like 40, 50 on that little studio, uh, the studio two of the Pineapple. Fish at the front. They were, it was great wow. though, it was so much fun. But then, obviously, then time flew and there was again wanted to do the next thing. And then we started with this group called Masters of Movement and we were doing like community stuff inspired by Culture Shock, which Culture Shock for me was something that inspired me a lot. I was never really in to the company, but um, it was a company that was opened by Andy, Angie Bunch from, uh, from San Diego. Yeah. And she brought it all over the world and over Europe. And it was like very influenced for what um, Dance to Excess did yeah. where Cisco Kim and company came out and um, yeah Masters of Movement run run over years how many years from 2003 to I would say 2008 yeah because I remember it from like 2006 to 2008 That's yeah to approximately and um, it was a really nice thing that we were doing and then again you know wanted to do something different so in between doing the Masters of Movement doing Pineapple and then luckily enough traveling Russia uh, because we were called for like big jobs on TV uh, teaching in Europe just just like everywhere it was before like this whole palaver or the whole Instagram yeah, Facebook was social media yeah before the whole social media and then I still remember when you know I was working in different jobs and I just I just had this thing where every time I used to go to a dance studio I was like something's missing here like I wanted to to do something different so on the time that I was working, I had this idea of creating a studio that was a very American vibe. Yeah. So after living in the US, seeing the whole vibe of you know Culture Shock, San Diego, seeing the um, Millennium Dance Center, seeing BDC, I was like, I kind of want to have a studio. So back back at that time, I remember earning two pounds seventy five an hour as a waitress yeah. in between the Sony job, and you know how it is—you move to a new country, learning English, trying to save money. And 11 years together, save some money and open what is now Studio 68 London, um, which was open back in 2010. Wow, so it's that long already, eight yeah, years. It's been eight years now. Wow, so, that's long, hasn't right, it? Right, yeah, I actually thought it was nine years, but no, it's eight, it's years, eight years. years. And um, the studio, for some reason, the whole idea of it really shocked the industry very quickly and really gave us that, you know, place where classes were cheaper, there was no membership, there was an hour and a half classes and we were able to put the industry together. 
um, I wanted to create like a different environment instead of like just making it like any other studio just making it more like the professional level yeah. um, and if it's gone really well I mean up to now there's no complaints um, there's been in between I was able to, I've been able to do great stuff with the studio you know work with, with Jason Derulo which I'm still doing some stuff with um, fitness modeling um, and you know just just doing what I love the most really it's just everything like came into place with a lot of ups and downs and industry judgment and whatnot like well, there's ups and downs with every every pursuit that you're going to go for you know I feel like everything has ups and downs and that's how you learn and get better at it I really want to touch on the Jason Derulo stuff in a moment mm -hmm. but before that how did you how did you go to, how did you go about opening your own studio like I well, feel like that was everyone likes the thought of it but I imagine it's a very difficult process I would say the idea of um, the idea of opening the studio obviously once as I said was 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 the idea of having a different type of studio but um it was really tricky because it took me years to get exactly the place that I was looking for. Um, and I just remember being in the Husky Studios at that time and then they, they closed the studio, went to Maryland and I was like, I think it's time to do this now. And I didn't have a lot of money in my pocket still, but I decided to throw myself in the pool. I got a phone call from a friend of mine that ran a charity that was called White Cat at that time, helping kids. And she said, hey, listen, there's some properties in, in Sadak. I think you should go and check them out because I think it's the right place for you. And I remember the first property, which is now Studio 68, opened it and it was an empty railway arch with no mirrors, no water, no, no floor, nothing. nothing. It had absolutely nothing. And I was given the, the price on how to open it and how much it will cost, and I was having a heart attack. <laughs> but I thought, okay, I saved 11 years of money, I think I can do this. So I found a company, and they started building up, and then ended up starting going through the, the lows. Suddenly, yeah. you needed building control involved. Then you needed architect plans. Then you needed valuation office. Then you needed to do certain things and certain measurements. So you couldn't just, okay, this is a dance studio. You, you needed them. Just have like, I want it to be as big as this. No, you cannot. The thing is that I, I jump into the idea, but I didn't know the reality, the reality yeah. of it. And I did a, a course on business and marketing, but I didn't know anything about the building side of things. It was just a, whole a different game. Com completely different. So I remember this was coming along, so more expenses was coming in, were coming in and coming in. And I, I was just thinking, I'm not going to be able to make this. But at the same time that this was happening, I still have my other jobs. Yeah. So in between, obviously, the job as I had waitressing plus the Sony music money plus you know I remember working for Granada television at the same time I was like 24 7 work 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 and then getting into the studio for three months which is what it took to build up the place so you were, you, you were paying for it for three months before it even opened yeah it was for three months I remember the builders were coming into the building for 9 a.m. in the morning and they were leaving at 9 p.m. at night mm -hmm. And the most horrible thing happened was just one month before opening, they ran off with the money. Oh, wow. They ran off with the money, so I couldn't finish the studio how I wanted it. We had no toilets, we had no office, we had no proper reception desk, no studio upstairs, no windows, no ventilation system. Oh they just took God. the money, liquidated the company and ran off. So I was what like, I went to my family, which my brother and my dad ended up giving me the money that I needed to continue went into the internet and put an advert saying this is the money I have is it possible that somebody will help me out to move forward and I had a company 
like that, came into the studio, looked at it, looked at my face and said, we can't leave you on your own. Yeah. Don't pay for anything, we're gonna finish it, and when we finish, you'll pay for it. Uh -huh. So that's exactly what happened. The first floor that went into the studio, I put it down with my old business partner, Spin, and that at that time. We put it down, I think it was in three nights. We worked on and on and on because we had no money to, to pay somebody to put a floor. And, and then, you know, everything else started flowing in. But I remember opening with no windows. We just had no windows. Yeah. Um, but then the company, while well, we opened, because we had to start paying rent. Of just, you know, continue with the building. And then money started coming in and everything started flowing. And I remember working in the reception for two and a half years, making no money yeah. in the studio. So it was a very interesting process. I think that's nice for people to hear, because I think people just hear that, you know, TK opens a studio and they don't hear anything else by it. They just find things to complain about or mm -hmm. things which are problems, but they don't actually know all the backlog behind it. And that's kind of the whole purpose behind this. So yeah. people can hear your side of it and see the reality of what it is to not just turn up to a dance studio or be a dance teacher or mm -hmm. to be a business owner. Cause I think it's a very different, a very different baby than it is oh, just yeah. to be a dancer. Um, so through that, what what problems did you find? Did you find things where you're like, oh, we did this fucking really piton and <laughs> ape shit backwards? You know, it's funny because for, luckily, once we set up the architects and I set up the building control and you know valuation office and everything that was coming in, because apparently when you do a building in central London, the valuation office comes in and says, oh, it looks really pretty. Now you have to pay more money for the building. You have to pay more <laughs> business course. rates. And I'm going... Wait, nobody told me about this, but I couldn't leave it halfway. So the whole process, thankfully, building control did a good job. The architects did it in place and everything was in order. So we had like the corridors, a certain width, the emergency exits were in the right place, uh, the emergency lighting, the fire the fire exits, the, the fire alarms, because in a, in a studio, in a public place, you need to have everything in order. A lot of people actually open a business, open businesses without being without ready. being legit. Yeah, and you couldn't open a business legit if you didn't have everything in place. So I've obviously, now with time I realize and I go to places that things are not in place. I keep my mouth shut, but I know what's going on in here. Yeah. So we luckily, and I will say that nothing really went funny once the studio was open. Even we didn't have the windows, we were allowed to run business at that time. Yeah. So I know you had a lot of problems with like ventilation in the building. Oh yeah, a lot. Floors, like I think, I remember coming after what three or four years being open and you'd still be sweeping the floors in between classes and it's a nightmare because what it happens on a railway arch unfortunately you have the humidity that's already on the walls uh -huh. and then it's the temperature of the dancers that raise up so even if you have a good installation which is what we put at the studio for asthmatic people not to have a problem yeah. is the temperature contrast is very difficult so you know there's other studios that open that way the same as huskies and even base studios that are having this problem and i understand but a lot of people don't know this. Well, I, as a dancer, you don't know. You just come and go, why the fuck am I going to slip? Right. You, know? you don't right. think of all the possibilities of the science behind it. Which is understandable. But the, the, one of the things that I would say is, you know, people judge very quickly. They don't know the things behind it. But the truth of the matter is, if I was a millionaire and I had a big backup behind me and I was on the TV and I had all this money, then I pro it probably would have been easier. But I didn't have that money. I worked you know, as I say, 11 years for £2.75 plus the money I saved on the record label as, you know, development. And then, you know, I started investing on big funds and then 
war funds and then ceiling funds yeah. and then dehumidifiers One and thing at a time. but it's still spending something like 10 15000 pounds wasn't enough yeah. to just get ventilation in the rooms two studios so that didn't really work out mm -hmm. still didn't do it so even it seems much better now oh well I now feel like you've, you've solved the problem the right? problem is over i it, taught there i taught the studio what January mm -hmm. and I was like I didn't fall like, yeah. this is great yeah like, it's, it's, it's a different thing because the thing is that we had we had a problem that you know the humidity in the room was bad but we never had like tremendous slippery floors because we had those dehumidifiers in the room yeah. so you still felt, felt the humidity but then now I decided to put it back in it was like a Christmas present for the dancers I got signed to a big contract with a big brand and I got some money in my pocket and luckily I was like Happy Christmas, the Studio 68 dancers. Yeah. There you go. You've got a ventilation system. We have mm -hmm. extractors. We have every, everything like AC. We've got heaters. Right. Everything is in there for like anything that we need to do. Perfect. So then now, even when there's... We had a class the other day with Mr. Pasqua. Yeah. Um, it was 120-something dancers. Oh, and nothing happened. No, fine. Nothing. Kenrick's class that sometimes we've got in there with like nearly 100 people. No problem at all castings and things that we have no problems anymore so yeah it's a journey isn't it it I is think it's good for people to hear that it's not just an overnight thing that can just be done it costs mm -hmm. money and as we know I guess what the money you've put into this is what people would put into putting a deposit on a house mm -hmm. or something Much like more. that and try and find me a dancer which can put a deposit on a house easily it doesn't really happen I mean if they're very successful dancers then but even then, then in London you've done this I mean, in zone one yeah like, the hats off to you it's taken a uh, it's taken a process and there's been lots of trials and tribulations, but I feel like you've finally gone, oh, everything's kind of in working order, mm -hmm. as in how the studio is aesthetically. Oh yeah, aesthetically and also health and safety. Yeah. You know, even if building control used to come in and we tell them the problems, they said, this is very normal. Mm -hmm. It says, you know, you're, at the end of the day, the traffic that comes into the building is, is an interesting one, it's very busy and, you know, people can pick and choose obviously we, we were thinking well okay so if it's that bad then maybe we can cut the classes down with people yeah. but obviously the teachers were like well no actually no, we I want don't. our money so I'm like okay so people want to complain but then they want the money so what do we do so sometimes we had to cut the classes down and then we had to stop the classes and then me with the towers on the yeah. floor or like getting the team we're like come on come on guys we're gonna make this happen but then now it's over yeah. it's finished we have a studio that's very well known that's got all the facilities that need it the teachers that the industry need and you know we're in a good location so we can't really ask yeah. i always used to be under the impression that it was because of the kind of wooden flooring but i guess it's nothing it wasn't to do the with floor it was actually to do with the temperature the change of temperature of our sweating mm -hmm. and the temperature of the arch because heat stays on the floor Mm -hmm. it, and then it doesn't raise, but the cold raises up. It's like it's all studies yeah. and, and crap. We, we did so many studies in this building. Yeah, it was yeah, ridiculous. Sure. And then I found this guy that was a specialist on on gyms and sorry, okay. on she gyms. And, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I pay okay. for it. I pay for it. I break <laughs> it. I pay for it. Um, and then he studied it, and he we did a cub cubicle ca calculation, and then it worked out really well. So Amazing. yeah, so we're 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 in there now. You're there. All the problems always come in, but that situation is that now situation, There's always going to be problems with no matter what you do. Think of just looking after yourself as a self-employed dancer. There's always a problem. Let alone oh, yeah. running a business with, what, a, a thousand people going in and out a month. Easy. Yeah, we... No, a month, no. We actually have about 850 dancers walking into this building a week. A week? A week. Oh, my goodness. That's a big turnover, right? It is. <laughs> it's, it's catching up. It is.
good. It I'm is. Glad. That's what that's what's actually helping us to grow. Fantastic. Um, yeah, just now before we got to this, you spoke about Jason Derulo. Yes. I remember seeing you in Cardiff working yes. with Jason. Yes. I was there with my girlfriend and bumped into you and you're like, I'm here with Jason. And I was like, you run a dance studio, what the fuck are you doing here with Jason? <laughs> how does that make sense? Um, Tell us about that and well, how you got to that. I obviously running a studio, you meet a lot of people. <laughs> I'm lucky enough, you know, I got to meet one of the guys on the tour and, you know, got really good friends at the end and I always told them that one of my biggest dreams would be to be a tour manager. Mm -hmm. So apart from running a studio, that's something that I'm still working on, mm -hmm. um, but it, it takes a lot of work. It's much more than people think. Yeah. Now running the studio gave me the credibility and Jason's manager at the time gave me a chance and just said, I think you can do this. Let's just see how you work for a few days and see how it works. You gotta get up tomorrow at 6.30, we're gonna start. I was like, I'm ready. So I remember I was shadowing him for one day and when the day was over, he was like, I've never had anybody, especially a woman, that will contain themselves, that will not get tired and will not complain about anything. You, you ready for this? So I was overwhelmed and I was crying my eyes and huh? then they said, we're taking you on tour on the next tour. And since then I've been doing artist, you know, tour manager assistant for the tours in Europe and it's a great team, it's like a family, they're absolutely incredible people and I really can't complain, I have to say thank you to them to you know, just introducing me and then obviously they changed managers and the other manager took me in as well so Amazing, you obviously did a good job I guess I did, yeah, yeah. I feel like you, um, you're very passionate about things that you put your mind to, it seems like you know when you set yourself a goal, you really work towards that. Does that stem from something in your childhood, or is there something which, when you were younger, that that's driven you to be this way? I think I think my mom and dad are very strong influences on, on everything that I'm doing, to be honest. And I know a lot of people say the same thing, but my dad is somebody that has, that has always put his heart into it, into mm -hmm. everything that he's done. So he doesn't run his own business, but you know, whatever job that he's done, he's done it properly. And also he moved to Spain, you know, and seeing that kind of stuff, I think when you're little, um, you know, makes you think it's something I could do too. So when you see somebody learning another language, you know, wanted to, you know, get something, you just go and get it. Where's I your guess dad from? He's English. He's English. My dad is English, my mom is Spanish. So I lived with my mom since I was little and then I just moved to this country and, you know, he wasn't there from day one because unfortunately, we didn't have a place for me to go in and uh -huh. I used to rent my 50 pounds a week for my room at that yeah. time. But uh, yeah, I guess it's what you see at home makes a big influence in your life. So oh, I think my, my parents, I think probably gave me the person that I am today, 100 million percent. And have you always wanted to do this as a career yes. since, you were a, since you were a kid? Yes, always, always. No. I, I would say that if I didn't know what I was doing right now, I would have been a vet. Yeah. I love animals. Like I love, I mean, people know because of Thai time, a little yeah. dog. But uh, if I didn't do this, I'd be working with animals. And that's something that I want to do in the future, that I want to open a charity um, in Africa for uh -huh. animals under 68. So that will be something that I will be involved in the next That'd few years. Dope. Yes. I mean, if you need someone to go and look after the rhinos or something, I'm fully down for Rhinos, that. my favorite <laughs> animals. So, I'm fully down for that. But I am, I'm putting some money together to open a charity down there right now. That'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. Hats off to you. <laughs> like you seem like you're really a go-getter which is fantastic um, what what else do you want to do is there other things because I feel like everything's kind of 
kind of connected, but not at all. Like, what else? What else is there behind you that we don't know about that you, your passion is to do? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I don't really want to talk about. A lot of stuff that I want to do because I want it to happen, and I think that's probably a lot of the way that you know I follow that thing where it says work on silence, uh-huh. but then make it happen. And but people know that you know I've got this thing about fitness that I got involved yeah, I with. Yeah, you were doing a photo shoot in the street earlier. <laughs> I actually have... I was at the this... pub and they were like, TK was in the street with boxing gloves on earlier doing a photo shoot. And I was like, I, I, The thing is that I, I don't... I think since I'm a little girl, I don't, I'm not ashamed of anything. I'm uh-huh. not shy. I don't care about what people think about me. I just go on and I think we've got one life and that's what you got to go for. Yeah. But yeah, the fitness is something that I'm pushing forward. Um, just got, you know, uh, uh, one of the big brands in the UK, which I will be announcing soon. It will be helping Studio Six here. It's somebody that Selena Gomez is involved with. Maybe that will help you. I have no idea, but I'm sure. But just going to Selena Gomez Instagram, then right. then, then you will know. know then. But um, there's something with fitness. There's something with touring. Uh-huh. Uh, there's something about creating shows. Um, there's a lot, a lot of things for women that I'm creating over the age of 30 because obviously I'm over the age of 30. What? Um, no. Stop. <laughs> Don't get me started on that one. But uh, there's, there's a lot of things that I'm, it's in, in my bucket. Like many of us, I don't think my brain sleeps very often. I want to do a lot of things. Yeah. And I, I want to keep helping this industry. And I'm planning, apart from expanding the studio and making it bigger, which I've been working on the last few months and just fighting for another building, yeah. which I can say um, without no problem. It's the point of getting the industry involved in things that we haven't. The same as we created the top studio in Europe uh-huh. and it was we've been awarded for three years, but the Dance Awards, which is absolutely yeah. incredible, is it's going to keep going. And I know a lot of people, you know, be forward with it or be supporting it, but... Um, I'm not going to give up just yeah. because I'm a woman and I'm a foreigner and know sometimes it's hard but I'm here to do it for those that want to be part of Because I feel really. like pineapple, you know, obviously it had a... You taught there for years. Oh yeah, you know, for it was 10 like, years. You know, pineapple was the thing. Uh-huh. Like it was my childhood. It Absolutely. Was, it had a TV show and everything and since opening 68 I feel like you, you really took a lot of focus from uh, professional dancers. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like a lot of beginners still stayed at pineapple because it was in the know. But a lot of professional students and stuff come to yours. How is how is now base opening? Has that affected you guys at all? Not or? at all. In, in you know what it is with with these. The more studios that open, is the better. Now I think what it happens is a lot of people. And as I said a, a few minutes ago, it's the point that the person that I am, that I'm a woman, that I'm a foreigner, that you know people used to complain about things about the studio that I occur in a base right now mm-hmm. and that's a normal thing I don't have a problem with Ashton Ashton has been a supporter for the rule of we've been on tour like yeah. we have a good relationship but the industry always has make something something awful. out of everything and it's not even the studio owners it's, yeah. it's actually the dancers that create the problem and what I would say is dancers are dancers choreographers are choreographers us as business people let us do what we do best yeah. and you have an opinion but that's not a fact so if you want to keep judging, keep going, because at the end of the day, we're still running business. I think you need to start finding your business, because yeah. the dancer's career, as we all know, it only has a lifespan. Yeah, So I, I actually think, you know, I've heard a lot of people have their opinion about base opening, and is it going to take away from 68, and teachers changing and stuff, but the way I see it, I think 
having another option in this country is just going to bring great. more more people from outside the UK it's here. It's you know? actually better. And I feel like now Europe. Europeans are more likely to come here now than go to LA Absolutely. or something because there's actually more options now which opens doors for you. Oh, I, d I, w I would say like, you know, even people ask me like, has it damaged you? No, it actually has actually helped us yeah. because what it is is that people, people when they see all the studio, they're like, oh, they got, like you said, like, oh, they're going to take it away from, from 68. No, it actually hasn't. Mm -hmm. And then maybe it's because, you know, the whole situation, I know people are judging base because of the slippery flows. Well, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but back where this, you were back ago. where we were years ago. So, so why can they not have that problem? So how about dancers opening their own studios and seeing what the problems occur? Yeah. You know, people always have something to say. And I'm, I haven't even gone to base yet, but not because I haven't had I, the I've chance. I've not been either, but, but I actually, it's the same problems as what you same, had at but it's But the thing is that you got to give people a chance. And I know and I understand people say, oh, you know, Ashton could put the money into the ventilation system. Well, if it's not putting it, there must be a reason for it. So yeah, leave him alone. That's his money. Not that simple. Of course, it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to run through numbers, but we only have one arch. I think he's got two or three yeah, with six like studios. Yes, yeah, six, six studios. Eight, right? So I can understand where he's coming from and pat to him for not putting it that quickly to see how his business is running before chucking all that money into the into the rubbish bin. Yeah. So good for him for doing it the way, and you know, dancers can do whatever they want. And That's can lovely say. to hear because I think people would think that you would have a a negative opinion of. of upon it but actually your response is genius because you just he's going through what you've already been through absolutely and even it's like even i've got like five fans upstairs like i put it on the instagram if anybody wants them i, I will donate them to, to anybody yeah because i don't need them anymore because mm -hmm. one they're taking my place and two if base needs them or any other studio they can have them yeah because we we luckily enough we're in a position where we can help other people and actually, when we were at Move It, I was actually looking for, for Ashton just to like go and shake his hand and give him a 68 t-shirt and I wanted a base t-shirt yeah. and then just keep, keep all these dancers' mouths shut. Yeah, so they can see that you guys are, no, yeah. there's, no, there's no rivalry. I'm happy another studio's open. Brilliant. On a serious level, I think it's a great thing. I can't wait to go and I know when I go, people are going to go, what's she doing here? Maybe but you should teach a fitness class there or something. Do you know what? I was actually um, I, I, on an idea. I'm having my own class at the studio, a base, and actually doing a free class for the community. So then to to show people that it's not just about one studio, I that we can do it. That's great, and it, it shows a lot of character. But people always have something to say. Well, of course they will, but I mean, that's to their own discretion, because if you didn't do anything, I'm sure that everyone would have an opinion still. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't wait to go actually and I say very loudly and hopefully very shortly and I can't wait to see Ashton just to congratulate him, especially for the baby. It's just finding that minute. Maybe we'll be on a Saturday because Saturday are my easiest days <laughs> at the moment. That's how I got you today. It's a good day. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, where do you see the studio in the next five years? There is big plans, uh, especially because of this brand that we just um, got together to work with. Um, it's um, hopefully another building mm -hmm. hopefully the paperwork goes through we're not leaving this area we're mm -hmm. actually staying on this area Good, um, no one wants to travel further no and this the location is, is amazing and it's four stations to get to us come on come London Bridge, Barra, Southwark and Waterloo can't get any better than that um, involved with fitness a lot of fitness stuff um, I'm going to be working with a couple more artists on tour, mm -hmm. so I will be 
pushing some of the dancers at the studio to be working with some of these artists. So not really having an agency, but have maybe my internal... Like a creative yeah, like kind of. Yeah, like more like an inside. Um, I'm working with Kenrick in a new idea for something new. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I love working with people. No one better to work with. Yeah, I mean, he's, Kenrick me, is like a brother. He's a genius. He's a genius. So I don't, I don't ever, ever, like since I know him, since he used to be in sitting at Culture Shock and I met him there, that was more than 19 years ago, I was like, wow, like, Ken, you're absolutely incredible. Like, there's nobody in this industry that I will put more trust and more and work with than him. Like, he's fantastic. No yeah. judgment and just focus. So yeah, there's, there's a project there, there's a project on the fitness side, there's a project for another studio, uh, there's a project with a few artists, there's, there's just so much stuff that I just, I don't want to talk too much because I don't want to jinx it, I yeah. want it to happen. And hopefully, you know, people will still believe on it. We have, I mean, tremendous amounts of people coming from abroad on a regular basis, groups and... Yeah, I see a lot of... Like um, Anders taught at your studio a few weeks back, and I went into a class because he's the homie, mm-hmm. and uh, went to support him. And there was loads of Danish kids in there, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, great! They've flown from Denmark mm-hmm. to take class from a Danish person here." Yeah. You know, there's about eight of them. I was like, "This is awesome." Yeah, we have. I mean, we we have this this week. I think we had probably about about maybe 150 dancers coming from abroad mm-hmm. just this week, and it's not even high season. Summer, yeah. this is like the underground. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we obviously doing the tour of What's 68 tour? teachers. We're doing 68 teachers all over Europe. Mm-hmm. So we're moving all our teachers. We're going to Amsterdam. We're going to Spain. We're going to Russia. We're going to go to so many different cities. So we're moving our teachers in different cities. So then if people can't afford to come here, we can go there. Yeah. And then obviously the studio is sponsoring for that to happen and give our teachers more work. Awesome. Yeah. So you're just trying to look out for your close-knit unit support each other mm-hmm. and then obviously our clothing brand which is going to another level like we can't even sometimes we can't even print enough merchandise yeah you're uh, selling yeah. a lot of merch way too much <laughs> sometimes people are like why do you mean way too much it's just we don't have enough time like sometimes people come to the studio and then maybe in a week we're selling more than 2,000 t-shirts oh, wow. without over exaggerating and you know we, we just don't we, we can't print them and sell them at the same time so we're getting providers to start doing that for us Fantastic. so that will happen in the next couple of months so yeah, yeah. Entrepreneur, clothing brand studio <laughs> manager teacher art I just, developer I just I don't know but it's the same as for you Kane right like you're a dancer and you, you know you do all your things and you just don't always want to be doing the same thing it's like it's just a passion for for entertainment a passion for fitness passion for you know doing something that's different not, not always the same thing how many dance studios are open all around the world yeah. 68 is making a big difference and yes, it's, it's grown massively mm-hmm. over eight years um, how do you you just said about you know you're taking your teachers away and you're gonna help them you know make more money and help them survive and make a living from dance <laughs> how have you seen I, I've personally seen a huge change in dance over the past 10 years yeah. and I think that's down to social media as a positive and a negative. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, it's made it easier to sell, as in, you know, everyone wants to dance now, mm-hmm. but it's made it uh, very saturated. Totally, totally. I think what I can see is a, a lot of people want to teach when they're not ready to teach. A lot of, you know, young generation that are not being mentored properly, 
um, they just jump and rent a studio and they want to teach a class and they want to get 25 pounds for that class fine they want to do that they want to do that but studios like us shouldn't let this happen mm -hmm. on that regular basis unless you have something dedicated to the young generation yeah. which 68 is working on and we're doing and you know that's what it's called the next 68 but to have dancers that just jump into teaching just because they want money is bad to have people that think they have that quality when they haven't trained on the foundations of dance is absolutely wrong yeah. Um, I think as you know, as a studio owner, and this is the reason why I think 68 is very, very special, is because every teacher that comes in that studio is being looked at just before. Yeah, you can run the studio and do your class. 68 is audition base, is, is, or you, if you're an industry dancer or choreographer that hasn't been able to audition, we look at your staff, we have a conversation, we look at your character, we look at your background, your training. You can't just jump into do something that you're not ready to do is not it's not acceptable it's damaging the industry um, but I know people go for trends people go for who's cuter who's got more views who's yeah, got more likes media, who's cool. but you know we gotta kind of follow it a little bit and just pay attention to it but we also need to keep our grounds and still educating the younger generation because us as adults you know including Kenrick myself Kim, Cisco, like we're, we're the adults, we, we're supposed to tell all these people what they need to do to get to that level and the jeopardy of dancers nowadays, they dance for one or two years yeah. and that's the end of it. Yeah, How there's a lot of teachers which, because they can make up cool steps, think that makes them a teacher whereas they're not actually teaching any knowledge. Nothing. It's not about it's teaching moves, it's about teaching knowledge and about experiencing, mm -hmm. you know, passing that across. And, being able to teach something so they can take that skill and apply it on all forms of dance, oh, totally. not just being able to deliver steps and be able to take that then, which I see a lot more now than I used to when I was, you know, when I was nine, I'm 27 now, but when mm -hmm. I was 19, 20, you know, it wasn't so much about just steps. It was like, oh, you were doing this and this is how you perform. And there was a, it was about execution as opposed to just movement of, the quality of your yeah. movement. Yeah, it's, it's, it's this thing where, you know, people people actually say that, you know, it's very much like, oh, yeah, but I can teach. I've been dancing for two years. How can you teach? It's, as you said, it's movement, it's choreography. It's not, it's not something that you really want to learn. I mean, you, you can teach me something. The other person can teach me something. Everybody can teach somebody something. But if you want to get to that longevity, be a Brian Freeman, be a, a Blake, be, you know, even a Kenrick Sandy, or any of us have been doing this for years, even if it's not dancing choreography, artistically, listen to your mentors, listen to people who've been doing this for years. Don't listen to, and apologies for anybody that will get offended, but. Well, if I, you get offended, then you obviously know it's you, so don't worry. Right, so, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you're 20 years old and you're trying to teach, somebody when you know you haven't gone through that training and you don't have that experience with people that are in the industry for years you shouldn't be doing this you're doing something wrong and then half of them get injured way too quickly and they don't listen and they don't look after the body so they don't even know how to maintain this the whole standard yeah. so yeah I, I believe it's definitely over exaggerated and that's why also a lot of studios are suffering because the quality they're putting into the studios is not good Mm -hmm. So they need to pay, this is for studio owners and with all my love, put quality, don't just put anybody in there. Yeah. Pay attention who your teachers are and make sure that you know what you're providing to your clientele, especially to the new generation because they need it. On that note, how do you feel about, I, I see now, like dancers become very more 
sexualized and erotic. And I, for me, I struggle. I judge a lot of dance competitions, mm -hmm. and I used to be that kid which looked at every single dance video on earth. And now I can't look at it for more than normally 20 seconds because I feel like everything is very over-sexual now. Absolutely. Exploiting, especially younger dancers. Like I'm mm -hmm. 27 and I don't mind dancing like a sexual man or I don't mind a woman of 20, uh, above age doing it. But when I see like 14-year-old, 15-year-old kids dancing inappropriately and dressed inappropriately. I mean, I'm, how do you feel about that? I, I, I believe, I started with eye candy years ago. I had to stop it because of my knee injury. And then Sharon What's June. Eye candy? eye candy is a group of, of girls that actually will teach, uh, girls, women, that will teach women how to work on heels, how to be confident, how to, you know, how to become what they don't know yet or how to develop a skill that they've left behind. Maybe because they've been mums, maybe because they had a boyfriend that verbally or physically has actually beat them up and they want to become somebody. So eye candy was the idea was we were actually the first heels class in London and that was back in 2011, 10, 2010 and 11 and I was running it and then Siren June took over because of my injuries and yeah. then it was her and we had all the teachers in there and I will say that even now that I'm back at teaching heels and I do my women academy I don't let any 14, 15 year old come into class yeah. to actually... So where would you cut it off? You gotta be over 18. Everything has an age. You know, you have your kids' classes, enjoy that era, so then you've got the next step and the next step. It's the same as having, um, for me, mm -hmm. a phone, an Apple Mac, um, an iWatch, uh, you know, all this stuff at the age of 16. So what are you gonna have at 19 and 20? So what, you want to have a, a BMW by the age of 21? So what are you yes, going to have when you're 30? You want a Bentley? What happens if you can't be, uh, buy a Bentley? Then you're going to get in depression and then you're going to think you're not good enough because you already had the other stuff. Everything has an age, including in dance. I know we have to help these dancers. I know we have to develop them. But come on, the careers of a dancer, we don't need to rush to teach these kids this. Yeah. I don't believe it. I don't like it. And I, I think sexually when I see the kids, even all these, I, I like the twerking classes, but because I'm a woman and I think, you know, for us, even more adults over the age of 18, you're okay to do so. But don't, don't indulge the kids to be doing something like that. Who are these choreographers and teachers that are teaching? Don't teach them. That's not teaching. That's provoking situations. That's making them think that the adults beforehand is going to put all that makeup into a class. Yeah. Why will you wear so much makeup in a class? That's just, unless you go to a moment class and you want to look good. Yeah, it's, 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 I don't like it, but to each their own. You got to help the kids to be confident. Do you ever have any trouble with that? Do you ever see teachers doing it and you have oh to yeah. pull them aside? Oh yeah, I, I do it. Yeah. I do, even when they use swearing words in the classes of the kids or you know they're just over sexual or yeah. I know the music videos are not appropriate for the kids to be look at I don't do that stuff yeah because yeah. when I lived in LA a lot of teachers used to um, say adult only classes so yeah. they wouldn't allow kids in their classes because mm -hmm. you know it was inappropriate and then some teachers would allow the kids in and they'd be dancing like 
22-year-old sluts and they're 14 and it's very unnecessary. It's unnecessary. I mean, sometimes I find it hard when I play a song and suddenly the F word comes in or the word N comes in and you're just like, I'm sorry about the language, I don't make the track, the track is good and I find it hard. Even teaching Next 68 at, you know, a younger school, it's very hard. I even say to the parents, I am sorry, but we find it very hard because all the music nowadays is corrupted. So if the music is corrupted, the artists are not giving the example. Then what example are the kids going to take? Yeah. And then suddenly if you're too compressed, then they think that you're just a bit weird and they just go to somebody else. So you just need to explain why. Yeah. So do you feel like you have a responsibility as a studio owner to make sure that's all put in place? Of course. But it's hard sometimes to control everything. We can't, I can't be like 24-7 looking at somebody else. But I, I try my best to do so. And yeah, no, I don't agree. Everything has an age. That's awesome. Very good. That's good to hear because I do feel like it's changed a lot. Mm, it has changed years. a lot. Especially when it's difficult. If you think, like, well, you've obviously seen it firsthand. Like, if you go and watch Jason Derulo's performances, you know, the girls are twerking, they're very sexy. Oh, yeah, they and are. Totally. And then you get these dancers looking up to that and they go, I want to be like that. Yeah. So it's hard. And to there's a lot of kids on Jason's on Jason's tour. There's a lot of kids in yeah. there. He, he attracts the younger generation. Yeah, I always say he's the the children's version of Chris Brown. Mm. You yeah. know, he's nailed his market. The only thing is that now he's changing a little bit because one, he doesn't say the ruler on his, Jay's on the ruler on the tracks. Which is why then I like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. And then he, you know, his music is a little bit more adult. Now he's been nominated for the World Cup. He's, his song is for the World Cup. Which so one? That song, what's it called? Um, what's the new song? It's come out of my head. No, it's not Tiptoe. It's the other one, Colors. Oh, I don't know if I've heard it's that. It's such a great time. And that's that's the World Cup. So I'm really happy for him. So that's obviously going to change the audience as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm very happy because I'm the toe that will really, you know, make a big difference. But I, I still believe the kids will will be there. But because you also, that really that's really good thing with the kids, does things with animation and Disney. So obviously the kids are involved in that. So that What was it like working with Jason? Was he nice? He's the nicest guy I think I ever worked with. Super humble, super hard worker, finished the stage, goes straight into the studio bars, and he's just a great guy. He's yeah. very focused. I had a great experience with him. I danced for him in 2011, I think, at the Mobos. Mm -hmm. And I remember him coming in and being super humble, super nice. We spent about 45 minutes trying to teach him how to dive roll. Because <laughs> he couldn't dive roll. Like, for and someone who can actually dance, he was very uncoordinated. He couldn't dive roll, but he literally did it for about 45 minutes until he could do and it. And then he could do it. Yeah, he, he would not. He worked his ass off. He would not give up until what he wants to get done is done. That's dope. No, no arguments with him? No, never. Not with him, not with the management, not with the dancers, nothing. We, it's very funny because on the tour it's like 40, I think it's 47 people, there was only two of us women on the tour. Really? Mm -hmm, apart from the other two dancers. So two women behind the, you know, the whole administration, the tour management, and then every, everything else are men. Amazing. Everybody else are men, like they're all men. But they do it in purpose, there's, there's a reason for them things, as you can imagine. Yeah, and No, no problems, they actually treat us really good, never headache, his cousins. You know, everybody that comes in. Because he takes in. his family on tour with him, doesn't he? Yeah, it's all very family orientated. Because yeah. I know Henry, he Harry. lives with his cousins in LA. Yeah. They all live in the same house. Mm -hmm. And they're always on tour with him. Yeah. And the moment there's a tour, everybody jumps in. That's dope. Mm -hmm. So obviously you business, as a businesswoman, you're very driven and everything's going very, very well. And we spoke about that a lot. Is there anything personally that you struggle with? Because obviously you put so much emphasis into your work and your passion and your career. Mm -hmm. Does that suffer personally? Because I feel like um, a lot of people don't consider 
performers and dancers. As people, we just go, oh, they're a dancer. Right. Like, and I had a great conversation with Lizzie, as I said mm -hmm. to you earlier, you know, Lizzie's career was at a level 10, but she wasn't happy. But people mm -hmm. don't see that. They just think that they that see your work and perfect. everything's perfect. Yeah, because we always put all that stuff on Instagram, on social media, and we just want people to see what we want them to see. But we're all human beings. We all have hearts. And it would be impossible or it would be a lie to say that we don't go through personal stuff. I mean, last year, for the first time in my life, I went through depression. Um, I had a breakup with somebody that I was seeing and I went through depression and it, was, it wasn't very nice because it was the point of losing the emphasis of what I was doing. But luckily enough, I'm a, I'm a God believer, I'm a Christian. So I, you know, I, I, I talked to God and he helped me out of it, apart from the support from my dad and my mom. Uh, but we're all humans. I mean, whoever tells me they, they're happy 24-7, they're lying. We will get it. And um, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm a human. Do it. Achoo. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. I can see it building. It's, oh, now it doesn't it want to come up. Come it will come at this in the second one. We don't want it to it's come up. stage five. Um, but um, yeah, as, I think obviously as artists, uh, what, I, what I've seen over the years is a lot of bipolar people. Mm -hmm. I think it's absolutely the same one. They the good one. They the bad. And I would say that for me, in my personal life, I'm a very emotional person. And a lot of the things Spanish. that are very, I mean, there's a, some people call us Latinos, even though we're not mm -hmm. Latinos, we're Spanish, but I'm super emotional. So a lot of the stuff that's happened to me over the years, I used to take it very personal yeah. until I found the balance and I studied uh, to be a life coach. So everything is very different in my views now. But the emotional side of things is I take everything to heart, even nowadays. If you're close to me and something goes wrong between us, I can't let it go. I have to sort it out there and then. And some people don't want to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, no, come on, let's talk about it. No, I don't want to talk to you. So yeah, it's a very, very emotional person. I don't really have ups and downs on a regular basis. I'm not one of the people that need to be by themselves a lot or spend a lot of time by myself. I'm very extra social. Yeah. Um, what do you do in your spare time outside of work? Outside of animals, I love being around animals. Um, I want to donate some time to work maybe for Battersea Dogs once a week. I'm thinking about it right now. Um, I'm into fashion very much, so obsessed with shopping. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time with my dad because I love spending time with my dad. Family first. Family, family. Yes. It took me a long time to learn that, but... But now you get it. As, as you get older, you get it. And then, you know, obviously I'm seeing somebody now, so my time oh, yeah. goes with him and it's a very nice thing. It's, Is he I've, a dancer? No, absolutely not. Nothing and to do with entertainment? No, no absolutely <laughs> no. And um, hopefully you'll be okay. Um, very much like a friend and then everything else. But um, yeah, I do, I do fancy going for walks, going on a bicycle, fitness freak, cinema, food, like everybody else, anything that you can do to chill. Um, I sleep very little. Don't I don't know why, but I just can't sleep. My brain is. I think I'm hyperactive, but I don't really been diagnosed that way. But I think I am. I struggle sleeping. You do as well. Yeah. I think it must be artistic brains, right? Maybe. Mm -mm. But and then I always find that I want to sleep in the day. I don't know what it is. It gets to like four o'clock, and I'm like, I could really sleep now. And then I'm and like, then I wait, and I get to nine, ten o'clock. I wake till three. Yeah, but why do we do that? I don't know. That's, that's kind of annoying. It's so frustrating. Last night I didn't go to bed till 3.30. And, and I was up for 8.30. And I'm like this. 
Yeah, bus to in. the gym, bus in, running the business here with you, and I don't feel tired today. I can't wait to have an ice cream when we're out of here. Oops, don't, <laughs> don't tell that to people. No, okay. I'm supposed people to can hear that, it's balanced. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had three dark chocolate Bournevilles last night, mm. and I take my clothes off for a job, and I don't care. Yeah, and you look amazing, it's so about, there you it's go. It's about balance. <laughs> it's about enjoying yourself. I you hope can. your girlfriend don't get jealous on this one. <laughs> <laughs> she never does, she's the best. I can't wait to see your show, by the way. Guys, you need to go and see his show, though. Well, only if you're over 18. <laughs> but <laughs> if Absolutely. you're not, you shouldn't be listening to this, because I swear a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's all good. Is there anything that you'd like to tell anyone? Or no, I just want to say, you know, thank you, first of all, for, you know, letting me spend time with you. I know you're a dancer for a long time, and, you know, it's, it's inspiring to see that you're doing something new. I want to say thank you to my lovers, my haters, everybody that <laughs> says anything about me on social media. You know, keep doing what you're doing, it's your life, you do what you want, let's do the same thing as I do, as I want. And, you know, 68 is here to grow and it's only going to get better because we only try and be a better version of ourselves and that's why I want all my dancers and artists to to be. So, keep moving forward. When you say people say things on social media, how do you mean? Come on, everybody's seen that. From she's too old to wear these clothes, she's a bitch, she's, uh, you know, she thinks she's got it all. Like, not long ago, I don't know if you saw that performance or that I did in Upfront, which was a Janet Jackson inspired kind of show, very burlesque. And why would I not wear a thong or why would I not wear a bodysuit? Do, do people tell Beyonce or JLo they can't do it? And they're over the age of, you know, Beyonce's 38, 39, and JLo is 50, 51. So, if they can do it, why can I not do it? Because it's me. I mean, I, I can't say anything. Like I said, I take my clothes off for a job, so right. I have no judgment. But it's exactly. just, it's nice to, it's interesting to hear your opinion of it. I love it. I think, first of all, if, if you're comfortable with your body, if you're confident, if you love yourself, if you want to inspire women or men, or just pe 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 keep people happy, even though, you know, everything has an age, you know, I don't, I don't, instigate the kids to come into my Instagram even though they come and some of them are like oh I wish I woke up looking like that I said don't worry you've got time you know you're just growing up mm -hmm. but um, yeah people judge and I tell you what I'm very happy with the person I am and the way I look so if people don't like it don't come to my Instagram don't look at what I do you know but if you want to judge me and give me more publicity keep going because it's helping me grow so thank you on that note <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Ken, and thank you to, to the ins and outs. The and, and outs. Keep moving forward. Dot, dot, dot. 100%. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a five star rating and review on iTunes, and also make sure you're following us on Instagram at the ins and outs underscore. Thank you very much, and until next time, the ins and outs.